0: Let's get chilly. Hello and welcome to Let's Chill, the official, unofficial Minnesota Windchill, Minnesota Strike podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Shane. And with us, we are joined by Tucker Hoffman again. Tucker, how's it going?
1: Oh, it's going good, guys. Uh, Came off a 2-0 weekend, so pretty pumped. Yeah, feeling good. Windchill are,
0: are kind of looking like their old selves again after... After maybe a rough loss in Colorado, they kind of shook it off pretty easily and bounced back.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, all
0: right. Well, before we get too much into the games, uh, I have a stall seven. Uh, Kane, do you
2: have one? Uh, depending on what yours is, yes.
0: Okay. Well, I've got, yeah, I've got a couple if we need them. Uh, So my, my stall seven will be to just both of you, I guess. Uh, what two Central Division teams had to share a bus ride uh, this weekend <laughs> to their to their games.
1: That would be Chicago and Pittsburgh. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. Ben Ben oh. Feldman made a made a funny comment about uh he, you know he'll he will never as long as he's the general manager he will never allow that to happen with the the windchill. So that was pretty funny.
2: I was talking to to Barry after the game, and I mentioned that, and I was like, "Could you imagine being on it?" He's like. I would just lock myself in the bathroom the whole time. Just put the lock on the door, call it good.
1: Gotta be be pretty awkward for the losing team as well. Right? So.
2: My stall seven. There was a key player missing these last two games, Quinn Snyder. Why was he absent from both of those
1: games? I'm gonna take a stab and say he was at a wedding of a relative.
2: Yes. That's hey, we'll give it to you. That's a point. Someone, someone <laughs> add that correct answer to Tucker's stat sheet. Add
1: into the stats.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: Um, yeah, let's
0: get into it. So again, this this was a pretty big weekend for Minnesota. Um, come back again. Like I said, uh, lost to the Summit in Colorado. Um, we had recapped that game, and we we kind of said that this weekend was. We knew even at the start of the season that this weekend was going to be pretty big, especially against Indy. Um. So Winchell played in Madison on Friday and that, that felt like a pretty not, I don't want to say an easy win, but like a secure win. That was a good way to bounce back before the indie game Uh, and initial thoughts on that game.
1: You know, I actually didn't start watching until the third quarter. Um, I was up North and not able to watch uh, until we got back to the, the hotel or the cabin. Um, but I was a little shocked when I turned on the game and I saw that we were down, I think five, 10 was the score when I turned it on. Um, Could be wrong about that, but um, from what I could tell, it was a little bit uh, rainy. Could have been a little windy. It's always a little windy in that uh, uh, Madison field. It's uh, the wind kind of swirls towards the end zone. So it can be a little tricky to read sometimes. Um, And then I was just looking, you know, quarter by quarter scores. Uh, We were up four to two after the first quarter and then in seven to one in the second quarter, so I'll have to go back and watch exactly what what happened. But um, that's uh you know never good to see D- dig yourself in a hole in the first half and um, have to battle your way out. But um, it's nice to see that the you know they turned it around in the third and fourth quarter, um, outscored them ten to four in the second half. So I was pretty pleased with that, and maybe I was the good luck charm turning the game on in the third quarter. <laughs> there you go. Well, Absolutely, I know.
0: Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Ken.
2: No, I was gonna say it was really good to to see that kind of a victory where uh we we got behind and then we were able to fight back out of it, which was nice. It wasn't we got behind and then we let it up. We were able to completely get out of it. We didn't just close the gap, we broke it, which was nice.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important. I remember on our last five, um Colin Barry had said like it's really about taking it quarter by quarter and like I, I guess I don't have the third and fourth quarter up right now, but they, they they won the first quarter and then got like swiped that second quarter. And so that rebound in the third and fourth quarter were super important. But yeah, you couldn't look at it from the whole like you had to you had to drop that last that second quarter. And I think overall Minnesota does a good job at winning the first quarter, and I think they kind of do a good job at losing the second quarter sometimes. Um, but, but almost all the time, they, they find a way to rebound in the, the second half of the game.
1: Yeah. And I think that something that's like super important with the, the Minnesota team is, um, you know, when that offense isn't converting, they really rely on the defense and having to put your defensive players out on the offense to, um, you know, when you're, when your offense is getting broken, um, you know, that's points on their legs as well on the defense. And, uh, if you can't keep your defense out on the field, it's really hard to, you know, get back in a game. So. Um, that was one one takeaway I I had from that at least that second quarter them going down seven one, um, definitely was a, a little eye opening.
0: Kane, I think you got to watch a little bit more of the game. Was there anyone in particular who like stood out? Um, I guess I'm I'm curious about like uh, Abe Coffin and um, Bivon. Like I know both of them had pretty pretty good games against Indy in Minnesota. How did they look on Friday? Do You know.
2: Um, for what I remember pretty good. I don't think Coffin or Ivan either one had any like outstanding thing. But then again, it, it was kind of crappy conditions. There was not the cleanest game, but it was one of those games where I feel like the entire team kind of banded together and, and grinded out a win. A win, not a win. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and and so not to like cop out answer. I think it really was a team win on Friday, but. Uh,
0: so I guess the more important game then came on Sunday, when they came back to Seafoam Stadium after a couple couple games away, uh, and got to take on the Indianapolis Alley Cats. Uh, and this had, of course, huge playoff implications. Um, that basically it didn't it didn't quite secure first place uh, seating for Minnesota, but it definitely opened the door for that.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, they secure uh, what first round by I think with uh, one more win. Uh, because that would put us at nine wins, I believe, even if we, we went one-on-one in the last two games, um, and then we would hold the tiebreaker over anybody else. I guess Indy would be the other team that could be nine and three, and we hold the tiebreaker with two wins over them this season. So um, basically, we got to beat Detroit or Chicago. So we set ourselves up. That was a big game, uh, one that we really needed to win, and uh, I think the guys emphasized that at the beginning of the game, and that's why you saw that hot start. I mean, coming out 9-4 in the first quarter, Um you know, the guys were really ramped up, and um, I think they took the preparation really seriously. Um, and the, and you can tell in their warm-ups, too. Uh, they were they were trying new things in warm-ups. Uh, it was a really windy game, and uh, I saw some new drills that they were, they were running, uh, hammers off the sidelines um, specifically. They knew the roller pulls were coming, um, and I think both teams tried in the beginning, at least in the beginning of the game, uh, these roller pulls. Probably the first five, six points, it was all um roller pulls and uh so i think the boys coming out of the gate hot um was was huge in this game
2: for sure i think i was saying this off by a little bit but this game to me is a momentum starter you know where we had that really bad game in colorado and we had the one game in madison where it's like okay we found our footing and now this win against indy especially because it was such a good win i feel like like, it's a great way to really build some momentum, finish off the season and then make it to that championship weekend, like pound out playoffs and just get there.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like pressure's off. I mean, and you know, obviously you want to win both games coming up, but like if if something happens that you drop a game to Chicago or Detroit, like you just need to win one. And like, obviously, again, like I said, you want to win both. You want to finish the season off strong, but like. I think just like how they beat Indy in the playoffs last year too, like that's been a pretty big opponent for them. Um, Even just like metaphorically, just like, just symbolically, I guess. Um, So the fact that they did it again this year, the season already at home and now they only have to win one more. Um, Yeah. I think it, it opens up a lot of opportunities for Minnesota uh, to close out the season.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, we're starting to hit our stride where we're getting some players back. You know, our, our handling core has been inconsistent this year and we've battled with some injuries, you know, Abe uh, coming off. I think I'm not sure how many games he missed, but it was a full month of of games that he missed uh, still knocking off some rust. And I think, um, you know, it's good to see him back there. Uh, Not that he's necessarily taken over any games so far, but I think his big playability has been huge at, big moments that we needed it. Um, so that's been really nice to see. And also, you know, Brett Bergmeier, Bert, uh, you know, he's battling a little bit of, a, I think, a wrist, fractured wrist or something like that. And it's throwing throwing hand, throwing wrist. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe maybe now that we've clinched this up, he'll maybe sit, you know, one or two games and out the season and, and heal up before the playoffs because uh, they're fast approaching. Yeah, I did not that's realize list. he was he had an injury going.
2: Yeah, he actually caught a point, like, not with his broken wrist. That would have been crazy, unless it was, which case good for him. But, yeah, he caught a point, and I was like, is he wearing a wrist cast? So, yeah, props to Bird for doing that entire game with a broken wrist.
1: Yeah, I um, think he, he took off the cast, actually, and had it just taped up with a little pad on there that's for the most yeah. recent game. I think the Madison game he did play with the cast on. But I think mm. this most recent game, I took it off. What a beast.
2: Yeah, that's good for him. I'm sure he was still flying around, laying out left and right. Let's um, go a little bit I'm, more in depth on the returns to the roster recently because you mentioned Coffin, but I want to get into Will Brandt and Jason Sheeta specifically. They were two really big pieces to yesterday's game. How are they doing? Like stats-wise, compared to everyone else having missed so many games.
1: Yeah, I think Jason is just a really uh, – Cheetah is a really calming presence in the backfield. He's kind of like a Matt Guchohannes for the Flyers. You know, he's he's always catching resets. He's losing yards receiving-wise um, every game. But uh, – and, and you know what's crazy is he'll rack up 250 throwing yards in a game, and he'll never throw a pass more than 20 or 30 yards down the field. Um, he's constantly hitting – 10, 15 yard gainers up the sidelines, but just his volume and his touches um, mm-hmm. is great to have. And he's not the biggest guy, but he's got these around, you know, break throws like kind of like Aroy had um, that are huge and um, he can jump pretty tall. They're pretty high. So um, he, he is very underrated. And then Will Brandt is just a lanky guy who has all the throws in the book and it is really, really fun to watch the way he throws the disc because unlike yeah. a lot of people, he's got a lot of bend on the disc, kind of like similar to Ryan Oscar, I, I would say, um, and it is great to have him back as well because he'll also sling the disc around. Um, right. So, yeah, it's been nice having those guys back.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I was watching Cheetah's really nice addition to the team because, well, it's really great to have that kind of – flick-hook, gung-ho approach Often, sometimes. You get a game like yesterday where the wind can catch the disc and it's halfway across the field. There were so many throws yesterday that were just taken completely away by the wind. But you get Cheetah out there, and you have a point where there's nothing deep, and he can just chisel away at the defense and walk it up the field for a point. And that's awesome. That's, that's something that I feel like the wind show haven't really been able to succeed with without him. And so it's good to see that fit nicely in with the team and not be like jarring with what was working.
1: Right. And I think um, one thing about yesterday's game in particular is it's like demoralizing to a team when you work it upwind with 50 throws and then they have to go back out there after just playing a long point and have to work their way up the, up the field as well. Um, it's a big tone setter. And when you can show a team that you can work it and you're willing to work it up the field and not take, you know, the risky 50, 50 shots. Um, it is, yeah, it's demoralizing to a team. So I think we jumped on Indy early and um, you know, it showed in the first, first half for sure.
0: So I also like want to credit the defense too, though. I mean, I think Indy as a team is built kind of for that, like small ball swing pass style of play though too i mean i, I know like admittedly this is i think uh, um on the broadcast they said this too of like how they don't look deep all that often and they didn't like that didn't change excessively last night either um but i think minnesota's defense did a good job at really putting pressure especially on the handlers um, and not making even any resets easy either like indy had to work for it they had a few pretty good strike cuts um and some continuation cuts that allowed them to work up the field. But for the most part, it wasn't like they could just be comfortable and and take this wind and, you know, kind of work around it. Like they had to work around the wind and a really tough defense, who again also looked pretty strong again. Um, after maybe a, a tough routing last couple of weeks, I think it was cool to see them do their thing too.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah I think I mean, Minnesota...
1: Sorry, can't go ahead.
2: I was going to say, you can't get much more minnesota team then starting the game off with a bright point i feel like that really sets the
1: tone too right right yeah and i think minnesota prides herself on defense and and hustling and not giving you anything free and i will say like i think the coaching staff does a great job of game planning as well um and they make some great calls just on the sidelines while the defense is out on the field of making sure every player knows where they're at and when they need to help deep um when to set the double teams and make it hard for the resets on the the handlers, and uh, when to trap on the sidelines. So I think obviously the defense is something we pride ourselves on, and um, it's nice for those uh, you know games like this where it's really windy to to see the defense show out. Absolutely, yeah,
2: yeah. No, I'm I'm really impressed with how the defense played. I don't know any of the numbers off the top of my head, but it felt like there were a lot of blocks this game. If
0: I don't know if you was know it blocks number. or was it unforced turns? I guess, like with the win, yeah, it's
2: like it we
1: had was, 11 blocks, okay. But
2: or... I, I don't, I, I feel like there's also a lot of defensive pressure because I remember one play in particular, there was like it was a swing pass, like you were saying, and Brandon Mattis was coming in to not necessarily intercept it, but just apply that defensive pressure right away. And he fobbled the disc because Mattis was, you know, coming in to get him right away, and he just wasn't ready for it. And so, yeah, that that defensive pressure, I've said this before, you can't put that in the stat sheet. But, I mean, we scored, like, the next throw, right? So it's directly caused a point. And so, yeah, getting this Minnesota team back to health, I feel like now, rather than whenever we get a win, we're like, whoa you know, we got a win because we put together a great team and we, you know, did this thing great. Now we're getting wins because our offense is clicking and the defense is clicking. And that feels really good to, like, see on the field. Yeah. Excellent. So I want to talk about the home crowd. Big, big crowd. Do you have the number for how many people were there?
1: I don't, I wish I did. Um, oh. I mean, if I had to guess, I'd probably say between 800 and a thousand by just ballpark, just looking at the stadium. I don't know. It's, it's tough to right, tell. Right, sometimes, it's... sometimes I think it's 1200 and, and it's not quite there, but uh, right,
2: it's like 600, yeah.
1: uh, it looked like a lot of people there on sa- uh, Sunday. That was, so um, yeah, it was it's great fun. turnout. It's great weather minus the wind, but that doesn't affect mm-hmm. the fans too much. So, um, but yeah, it was loud and uh, it's Long always advantage. fun to play in those atmospheres.
0: So that'll be big for playoffs then too. I mean, again, assuming we haven't clinched a bye and the home field advantage yet, but like if if that happens and we do get home field advantage, I think that'll be pretty big too. I mean, again, the last couple seasons we've been in Chicago uh to get that central division championship and, and it we've just haven't quite been able to follow through, and I think. You know, I think Minnesota plays really strong at home. I think the home crowd on their side will be big. And and yeah, I think last night was a, a good example of just like how big we can, we can show up to.
1: Yeah. And the tough thing about playing like in Chicago or uh, Madison um, as well is the crowd is like on top of you, you know, your back is 10 feet from the crowd. So it can be tough. You know, you're getting heckled and, um, you know, you really hear the noise when they're cheering. Uh, I know it's seafoam. C- C- it's a little um, further away. You got the track separating and uh, the field is even further removed from that. So that can be tough. But, um, yeah, having home field advantage and not having that crowd right behind you for the opposing team is, is huge. And I think we're really looking forward to that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to it if – sorry, when the winchurch. When children- gets a championship weekend that's going to be right right. huge and we're hoping everyone listening shows up we're going to be there loud with the posters you know the drill by now um
0: question about i guess the late game uh last uh, on sunday like so the fourth quarter like the winchell like kind of given up a couple points and i don't think it was ever a point of like Concern, I guess I don't think Indy was ever going to make a, a huge comeback, but they had started to kind of chisel away at that, that lead a little bit. What happened in the, like the fourth quarter, especially that kind of uh, like opened up the door a little bit for Indy.
1: Yeah. I want to say the score was maybe 22, 22, 11, maybe going into the fourth. And I know at the end of the third quarter, you know, Ben called a timeout with, you know, a second left or, or whatnot. And Will picked up the disc, and I will say that that throw to Sam Berglund in the end zone should have been counted a goal. It we have in. the footage, we have the pic, we have the the photos to prove it. Uh, should have been counted a goal. Um, so that would have extended our lead a little more. Um, but I think just going into a fourth quarter with a lead that big, it's it's kind of hard to keep the energy high and keep piling it on, especially against a good team like Indy, who will bounce back. You know, teams like Chicago, teams like Indy, teams like Madison. Um, they'll they'll fight back, and you know you can beat them for three quarters, but that doesn't mean you're going to beat them all four quarters. And it's really tough in this league to put together a full um, full game all four quarters where you execute on every possession. And um, I don't I wouldn't say the spirits were low, maybe until the very end of the game, maybe three four minutes left when Indy maybe scored a couple to bring it within five. Um, but I think um, they were pleased with how they played in the first three quarters that the fourth quarter they realized uh, they took they stepped off the gas a little bit but um i don't think it was too much of a concern after the the game they mentioned in the team huddle afterwards but um i think they were more pleased with the first three quarters that the fourth quarter was kind of an afterthought do
0: you think that's like a matter of conserving energy do you think it's like a matter of the, the, the headspace of like being comfortable with that lead. Um, I guess like, what's the, do you think there's a benefit of kind of like stepping off the gas, if you will, earlier in the game and then making that strong push late in the game? Or I, I guess I put out a lot of thoughts there.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure. I think part of it is you're coming off a back to back, I guess a Friday, Sunday. So two games in a weekend and a lot of the same players playing. I think there was maybe only two, two players that played in Madison that didn't play in uh, at home, uh, you know, so guys' legs are a little little tired going to the fourth quarter. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I think just the, having the lead as large as it was going into the fourth quarter was um, kind of, I I don't know. I guess I can't really put it into words. The The energy just kind of was was out of the sideline a little hey, bit you're, in that the, fourth the quarter. The isn't
2: lit under your butt. You always right. hear – people say like oh that quarter really like lit the fire under their butt there was no fire we had really no motivation to go out there and continue to you know do these giant plays to keep getting our lead bigger and bigger so Indy was just able to make a little bit of a comeback I don't think looking at it as we lost the fourth quarter is a good way to view it I think it we should say something more like we let Indy get closer than we would have wished I still think we won the fourth quarter, though, because even once they did put together a little bit of a comeback, we then stopped it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, They didn't, like, yeah. continue to get it. We, they got to five, and then we were like, all right, keep it down. So, yeah.
1: yeah. We were able to keep them at a, a safe distance away. So, I think we're, that was Because winning by five
2: is a lot still. Yeah. And so, I think, yeah, this game kind of showed that Minnesota can put together four good quarters. And yeah, I'm not saying that Indy didn't start to make a comeback, but I'm just saying that sometimes the response to making a comeback is how a team is going to win a game, you know?
0: Right. Kane, you talked to a couple players after the game. Um, I remember you you said, I think you talked to Cam Lacey, uh, Colin Barry, and maybe Noah Hansen. Yep. Um Were there any, like, common themes, I guess? And, like, I Tucker can speak to this, too, but I'm curious, Kane, what they told you. Any common themes you noticed uh, among those players after the game?
2: Yeah, so Colin Colin Berry, I think, said it best. He wants to win the next two games by 20 points. Uh, And he said they do that by winning all four quarters. And I know he means that literally, which is, you know, you get more points per quarter than the other team does. I think that's the way he meant it was he wants to – you know, beat them in every single quarter by getting so many more points than they do. But I think it just kind of goes to the idea of this, what Noah Hansen and Cam Lacey are getting at, too, which is these next two games are momentum builders. These next two games are a time to really flex that, put some more numbers up, and get used to winning, I guess is what I'm going to say. But I guess maybe Tucker can get a different perspective on that.
1: Yeah, I think the guys are still in the mindset of, Um, you know, we're still building, you know, this isn't a finished product. Like that's not the best, even the first three quarters of that indie game is not the best chill team that you're going to see this season. And I think Colin Barry, um, has become like a big vocal leader on this team, especially uh, in the three years that I've been around the team. Uh, he's really stepped up in the last maybe four or five games and become uh, you know, big talker in the huddles. And I think guys have responded well to that. And um, I think one of the main messages is like we're building and, and we're going to put together a full four quarter game. And that's what it's going to take to get to championship weekend. And I think the guys are really buying into that. And um, I think you see that with players like Cam Lacey who stepped up and I'm not sure the final stat line, but he ripped a massive forehand hook upwind in the game and everyone was super hyped about that, because that was a really tough throw with the the win that was going on in that game. So um I think guys stepping up and um, you know putting together full game is is still something that they're striving for.
0: That's really cool. That's really cool to hear about about just just about everything you said. um, and you know, there's a lot to look forward to in the next couple of games. you know, we got we got BK coming back, just coming off of a championship at in uh, England. Uh, will Brandt was just named the Alta worlds. Uh, D three player of the year. Um, we got you know a a big matchup against the Union, who the windshield always have really good games against. And of course, they're gonna finish the game off against Detroit. So definitely a lot of good ultimate yet to be played. And then of course, don't even want to forget about playoffs and championship weekends. So lots to look forward to.
1: Yeah, absolutely can't wait for the next month and a half. Uh, it's gonna be electric.
0: Absolutely. Well. We can't wait to see everyone in the stands. We cannot wait to be back at Seafoam Stadium on Saturday, July 15th against the Union. I want to, of course, say that this episode is presented by the R1P1 Network. Uh, And again, yeah, we'll see you on Saturday. In the meantime, stay chilly.